Hey, sustainable fashion supporter. Welcome to Recloseted Radio, a podcast dedicated to fashion sustainability and equipping you with the knowledge to do better in the world. I'm your host, Selena Ho, and I promise to support you on this journey to right the harmful fashion industry. You ready? Let's dive in. In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about denim. You might be familiar with denim as a fabric. It's commonly used in jeans and jean jackets and things like that, and it's almost a fashion staple in everyone's wardrobe. But there are a lot of harmful impacts when it comes to denim, and today we will get into it. I'm going to be talking about where denim came from, so denim's history, how denim is made, the harmful impacts I was just talking about, and then end off with some good news, so some changes in the industry that are happening, as well as how you can do your part. Originally, jeans came from the west coast of the United States during the gold rush. The robust denim material made it a great work clothes because it was so durable. And then in the 1950s, it kind of shifted from being this working level clothing to becoming more of a fashion staple. Since then, denim has really, really taken off and the industry pumps out about 300 million pairs of denim every single year to keep up with this insane demand. Unsurprisingly, there's environmental concerns when you're pumping out 300 million pairs of denim every single year, and I'll get to that in a second. But before we do that, I wanted to overview how jeans are made so you can understand what goes into every single pair of denim jeans or jean jacket or what have you when you buy it. Denim is traditionally made from cotton, and if you don't know much about cotton, I suggest after you listen to this episode, Go back to episode 14 where I did an overview on cotton and organic cotton or check out the cotton blog post in the description or check out our handbook. But essentially cotton, if you know, is a really thirsty plant and it uses a lot of water. So because denim is primarily produced from cotton, the same water issues apply here as well. A common cotton stat that you'll see kicking around is that your average cotton t-shirt takes about 2,700 liters of water to produce, which is equivalent to two and a half to three years of clean drinking water for one person. I talked about this in episode 14, the cotton podcast episode, but this is a crazy amount of water to be putting into a t-shirt, and then it gets even crazier when we talk about denim. For your average pair of jeans, it takes up to 2,000 gallons of water, which is enough to fill 20 bathtubs to make the jeans. About half of that amount, so about 1,000 gallons, is actually used to grow the cotton. And then the other half is used for like washing it and all of that stuff. So it's really ridiculous. And the fact that each year, again, we make 300 million pairs of denim and you multiply that by 2,000 gallons is an astronomical amount of water to be putting into the jeans and denim industry every single year. After the cotton is farmed and collected, it is then sent to facilities to be spun and dyed with indigo dyes. If you look really closely at denim, you'll notice that it's actually a combination of these blue pieces of thread and these white pieces of thread mishmashed together to give it that blue look. Essentially, that's what denim is. It's a combination of indigo dyed threads and fabrics mixed with white fabrics. 
Traditionally, the blue fabrics were actually dyed from a plant, which I'm going to butcher, but it's called the Indigofera tinctoria. And also have the name in the show notes because I probably butchered it and you probably have no idea what I'm saying. So you can Google it if you're really curious. As you can imagine, because we are producing 300 million pairs of denim every single year, there is no way that the blue fabrics can continue to be dyed by this indigo plant. As an alternative, the blue fabric has been synthesized by using these synthetic dyes. This is a huge problem. So not only is denim using a lot of water, but these dyes are super, super harmful as well. As you can imagine, it's made out of chemicals, and for some stats, about 50,000 tons of these indigo dyes are used annually every single year, and an average pair of jeans can take up to half an ounce of these dyes. I'll talk about the harmful impacts of these dyes shortly after, but just to continue on discussing how denim is made, so after the cotton is dyed, it is then taken to be woven, and then it's sewn into jeans or denim jackets or what have you. After the denim is created, the process doesn't end there. Typically after that, it is also washed and finished. To get that worn in feeling and also that more distressed lived in look, a lot of companies will then wash the denim multiple times to get that outcome. That adds to the amount of water that your typical average gene uses, and so that's not great. And some companies, to do distressed denim or give it that washed look, will use a practice called sandblasting. And sandblasting isn't great because essentially it's what the name sounds like. You just blast little bits of sand at the denim. And workers are doing this manually. So a lot of the times, even if they're wearing masks, the little bits of sand will get inhaled and it will stay in their lungs. And it has a lot of health implications, as you can imagine. Now that you know a little bit more behind the materials, the process, and some of the alarming and not great facts about the denim industry, I'm going to go into discussing the environmental and the social impacts behind the jeans we wear. And then again, at the end, I'll give you some solutions and also end on a more positive note and tell you what the industry is doing. The water impacts are a little bit self-explanatory. I mean, it uses a lot of water, and in areas of the world where there isn't enough clean drinking water, it seems ridiculous to be putting it into another cotton t-shirt or another pair of jeans. So I'm not going to harp on about the water impact too much, but what I do really want to focus on is the dyeing issue at hand. The dyes that I just talked about, the synthetic indigo dyes that are used to kind of bleach it and give it that blue color... A lot of these dyes happen in towns in China and Bangladesh and India where the manufacturers of the denim will brew these toxic chemicals, dedicate hundreds of gallons of water to dye and finish our jeans, and then it will often be flushed out as runoff in nearby rivers and water sources. We have a blog post on denim and I will link it in the description below because in that blog post you can see the pictures and the harmful impact that this blue dye is having and to give you some perspective so back in 2010 which i know is a while ago but i still think it's a good study greenpeace tested the outflows near the denim dyeing and finishing facilities in china and discovered that there were five heavy metals these included cadmium chromium mercury lead and copper 
Separate campaigners in China also found manganese, which is associated with brain damage. And all of these metals were just found in the rivers in these cities. These same rivers and water bodies is being used as drinking water, bathing water, you know, water to brush your teeth. And so it's really, really harmful for the people that live in these cities. And not only that, if we think about it on a more selfish perspective, because I feel like a lot of North Americans and even people in Europe will be like, okay, this is a problem in the developing countries. This is isolated in China. And it's really not because our water moves all over the world. And just because it seems to have started in rivers in China doesn't mean that it can't go into seas and oceans and eventually end up in our backyards. So this is a problem that is facing our whole world and it affects all of us. If we focus on the residents that live in the heavily polluted denim producing cities, unsurprisingly, they can't really use their rivers or their water sources unless they want to suffer severe health implications. Villagers will say that the nearby water is dirty, it's no longer fit for drinking or even for laundry, and fish no longer want to live in the river. And people living near the river complain that they most frequently need to endure the stench from the waters. And when the river overflows, their yards and their homes are also flooded by these toxic waters. So the dyes are a huge issue and a huge concern. And a recent documentary called The River Blue, Can Passion Save the Planet? does a really good job outlining what's going on and I'm going to have it linked in the show notes and it's also included in the blog post that we did. So again, everything will be in the show notes for you there. Beyond the harmful indigo dyes though and the environmental impacts of that, there's also health and social implications with the denim workers. Denim workers suffer additional health complications beyond just living in cities where the wastewater is, you know, contaminated with these indigo dyes. So, for example, like I talked about a little bit towards the middle of the episode, to get that distressed jeans look, a common practice called sandblasting used to be used in which the denim was hit with sand to soften and wear down the fabric. In this process, like I mentioned earlier, the fine dust particles can actually go into the worker's lungs despite wearing masks like I talked about, and this can cause severe health complications like silicosis, which is a lung disease, and essentially what happens is that particles of sand and dust will get breathed into your lungs, and this can actually lead to scarring, which makes it hard to breathe, and it can eventually lead to death. Beyond sandblasting, though, in that same Greenpeace study slash article, there was a girl that quoted saying, you know, people that work in the dyeing and washing facilities often have reproductive and fertility problems as well. Generally, as you can imagine, being associated to those toxic fumes and those chemicals isn't good for you. This is all a little depressing, all for some denim and for some jeans. However, the good news is there are three companies doing some cool things in the industry, and I'll talk about that now, and then at the end, I will also talk about what you can do. First up, I want to talk about an awesome company called Genealogia, and I'll have their website linked in the show notes, but they're an innovative company that uses machines to distress genes. Instead of using harmful sandblasting practices, they used machines with lasers to engrave that distressed look on the denim. 
And so that's great because, again, you don't need to blast the denim with bits of sand, but it also eliminates the amount of water you need to do because, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of companies will wash the denim to also give it that lived-in look, and this can be achieved with the machines, which is awesome. With these machines, that means an average pair of jeans only needs about a glass of water when it used to require about 300 liters. This company works with brands like Levi's, Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, and others, and I think they're gaining more popularity as well, which is awesome. So props to them, and I really love what they're doing in the industry. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Levi's and Everlane. As a whole, Levi's and Everlane, I do think can do a lot more in the sustainability space, but when it comes to denim, I think both of them do a pretty good job. For Levi's, they have a line called their Waterless Denim line, and I'll have it linked in the show notes, but it's their way of slowly doing their part in the harmful denim industry. The brand, essentially with this line, aims to limit the amount of water they use with their denim to give it that lived-in distressed look, and this really reduces a lot of the water being used. By 2020, Levi's did say they were targeting to try to make 80% of their products using this waterless technique. So if you're a diehard Levi's fan, that's totally fine because I am too. I would say either try to thrift and or buy from this waterless line. I will link this in the show notes as well and it's in our blog post. But Everlane last year also created one of the world's cleanest denim factories. The company was able to create a closed system that recycles 98% of the water being used. And when water does come out on the other side, the brand claimed it was clean enough to drink. And there's actually, I think, video of, I think it's their founder drinking the water from the denim facility. The factory also uses renewable energy resources and solar power to reduce the CO2 emissions and air dries the jeans to reduce the amount of unnecessary electricity. The point of me telling you all of this, though, is to let you know that it's not all doom and gloom and that there are companies trying to do their part and trying to change things. That being said, though, you can also help, and I'm going to give you four tips and four ways to do that. The first thing you can do is limit the washing on your jeans. Besides the crazy amounts of water it takes to create our jeans, a lot of water is also dedicated to washing our denim. The average consumer will typically wash their jeans after two wears, so think about how you can limit the amount of times you wash your denim. Maybe try to extend it to five times or ten times. And I know it sounds gross, but if you Google online articles, the amount of bacteria that actually stays on your denim doesn't actually really increase. I think if you're rolling around in mud or something like that, obviously it might, but it doesn't really necessarily mean you need to wash your denim like every two to three times after you wear it. The second thing you can do is pretty self-explanatory, but you can buy less denim. The average person will purchase about four pairs of jeans every year. And like I've been saying throughout the episode, every year we produce about 300 million pairs of denim to keep up with the demand. So imagine if we were to drastically reduce the demand, then that way less indigo dyes would be leached, less chemicals would be produced, all of that stuff. So I think curbing our demand is definitely a way we can help. Thirdly, if you do want to get a new pair of jeans, try to buy it secondhand or thrift. The reason behind that is, like I talk about in previous episodes, if you buy it secondhand or if you thrift, that means that no new materials were used to make your garment. 
And like I talked about with the water, if you buy secondhand denim, that means that no new amounts of water were used to grow the cotton, right? And you're also preventing things from going to the landfill. And I find that jeans are really, really fun to shop secondhand and thrift because you get all kind of cool styles, washes, and you definitely get that lived-in look as well. So go thrifting and buy secondhand for your denim. If you must buy new, I do have a list of brands that you can check out in that blog post. But for example, I talked about the Levi's Waterless line. I also talked about the Everlane factory. There's also companies like Nudie Jeans, Patagonia, and New Jeans. Um, And so that's all in the blog post and I'll have it linked in the show notes as well. Last but not least, when you're done with your denim, try to find a way to make sure it doesn't go to our landfills. You can try to take it to a consignment shop if it was a designer jean or you think a cool style someone else would like, or you can give it to your family members or your friends. If the denim garment has seen better days, you can try to downcycle it, so turn it into rags or put it as pillow stuffing. And the name of the game at the end of the day is to try to divert it from the landfill, so thrift, consign, give it to family or friends, or downcycle it. And that was today's episode all about denim. I hope you learned something and you took something away and you'll implement some of the suggestions that I gave you. Personally, I think it's ridiculous that for a pair of jeans, there's going to be so many toxic chemicals and people that have to suffer and it just doesn't seem worth it to me. So I'd love to get your thoughts as well. You can always DM us at Recloseted on Instagram or send us an email to hey at recloseted.com. If you want to help us spread fashion sustainability and recruit more members to join our reclosative movement, make sure you leave us a rating and review that really helps us. And take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and post it to your Instagram stories and tag us at reclosited. That helps us spread the word and it's also really cool seeing you guys listen to our episode. I hope you have an amazing week and remember, we are all in this together and together we will write the harmful fashion industry.